19. So in this series, we've looked at Bethlehem, we've looked at Egypt, and now this morning, we're going to finish off by looking at Nazareth. So verses 19 through to 23. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. And when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and went and lived in a city called Nazareth that was what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. Let's pray together, Shuri, before we look at this. Jesus, we love you. I thank you so much we can have fun in church. Thank you so much that there's life in you. And Holy Spirit, I pray you'd speak into every heart in this room. May your word come alive this morning, I pray. And so, Lord, we love you. And and I pray we'd leave here differently to the way we've walked in because we've heard you speak into our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so we're going to walk this road together. And I'm I'm not going to speak for long. Uh, It's my Christmas present to you. And the first thing I want us to see is this is a supernatural road that we're walking down. How again, here's Joseph being led by dreams. Twice in these verses, God speaks to him in a dream and, and tells him and warns him what to do. He, he, ends, he goes uh, from Egypt, heads back, and we see that Archelaus is reigning at the time. And this guy was the eldest son of Herod, and he was in some ways even worse than his dad. He was cruel, he was barbaric. He was so barbaric that he actually ended up being um, taken out of ruling of that area and sent to Gaul, which was a part of modern-day France and Germany and Italy. And uh, I wonder, maybe he might appear in Asterix comics, for those of you who like Asterix. But this guy was bad news. And, and he, um, so instead of going back to that area where he reigned, uh, Joseph and Mary and Jesus go back to uh, Galilee and to Nazareth, where someone else was reigning. But I want to just ask you, do you expect God to speak to you supernaturally? Do you expect God to lead you down this road of life? You see, everything we do here is based on this word. This is God's final word. This is the prophecy you need for your life. He, everything else we feel God is saying, we must weigh and test by this word. We don't depart from this word. But I want to encourage you and maybe challenge you to think maybe beyond what you're thinking about in terms of how God speaks to us today. God speaks to us in many different ways, all of which must be weighed and tested by this word. And one of the ways he does speak is through dreams. Across this world today, mainly in the the, uh, areas that are um, um, Muslim nations, many underground uh, churches that exist in those nations like Iran and other places, thousands of people are being saved because they're having a dream and they meet Jesus in a dream. And this is real stuff that God is doing today. And I want to encourage you that he is doing today what he did then. One of my best friends, uh, when he got married, his, his wife wasn't a Christian. She was amazing. She was lovely. Uh, she did a psychology degree, um, which isn't a reason she wasn't a Christian. My mum's a psychologist and is a Christian. Um, but she was very much, I don't 
really see how it fits together, and I just kind of need proof. I need supernatural proof. And uh, she was like this for months. She came to church. She supported my, my friend's uh, faith. But there came an evening where, in a dream, she met Jesus. Very rational, not wacky and weird. But she woke up in the morning and sat up and just said, I've seen him. I've seen him. And my friend who had been uh, in Cuba for a while, working with some of the underground churches there, he said, I feel God has given you this verse. And there and then, a friend from Cuba rang and said, I find this really weird and out of the ordinary, but I just felt immediately God gave me this verse for your wife. And it was exactly the same verse. I love that stuff. God is far bigger than what we think. And this road that we're walking down is a supernatural road. Be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And they go to this place called Nazareth, which was quite a small village. It was probably the size of Harlaxton. Some historians argue it was around 200 people. Some others argue around 1,000 people. And this is where Jesus grew up. We don't know much of his teenage years, but he was the perfect teenager. Can you imagine that? The perfect teenager. And he grew up in Nazareth before he started his ministry from the age of 30. And then two things about Nazareth, and then we're going to pray. The first thing is this, is that it was a place from which to reach the world. So as we're going to see, Nazareth was quite insignificant to many. It was regarded as a place that was really the last and the least of places, not really significant. But where it was situated was on a strategic route where everyone used to walk past this little village called Nazareth. And it speaks prophetically to us that Jesus is for all people. As we're going to see, some regard him as the last and the least and irrelevant. And just as he grew up in Nazareth, it's a place from which to reach the world. Jesus is for all people. And we need to remember that. Every single person in this room, Jesus loves you. And he's for you. And he's here and he longs for you to know him. And just as he grew up in a place that was past a route where everyone walked by, do not walk by Jesus this morning because he is for you and he loves you. So I want to ask you, are you walking by Jesus? Or are you welcoming him into your life? He is for every single person. I read this uh, a few weeks ago and I loved it. Just thinking about the names of Jesus and how he communicates to us the truth that he is for all people. This is how J. John puts it. Jesus is the bread of life, so bakers can understand. He is the water of life, so plumbers can understand. He's the light of the world, so electricians can understand. He's the cornerstone, so architects can understand. He's the bright and morning star, so astronomers can understand. He's the hidden treasure, so bankers can understand. He is the life, so biologists can understand. He is the door, so carpenters could understand. He is the great physician, so nurses and doctors can understand. He is the good teacher, so educators could understand. He is the lily of the valley, so florists could understand. He is the rock of ages, so geologists could understand. He is the true vine, so horticulturalists could understand. He is the righteous one, so judges could understand. He is the pearl of great price, so jewelers could understand. He is wisdom, so philosophers could understand. He is the word, so actors could understand. He is the good shepherd, so 
so farmers could understand. He is the Alpha and the Omega, so scientists could understand. He is the way, so map makers could understand. He is the truth, so politicians should be able to understand. He is the Redeemer, so recyclers could understand. He is the wonderful counsellor, so psychologists could understand. I love that. Jesus is for all people. And so the first thing about Nazareth is that he came to reach the world. And friends, this morning we're here to reach this town. I'm here because I long for my friends to know Jesus. And my family members to know Jesus who don't yet know him. We exist for the 44,000 in this town who don't yet know him. And God has placed us here for a time such as this. And so this morning I want to rise up in us a passion of, just like Nazareth was a place to reach the world, let our life grant them be a place to reach this region with the gospel. That we'll see hundreds saved alongside every church in this town. No competition. We're on the same side. If another church is richly blessed, we celebrate because we want to see God's kingdom come more than we want our little empires to be built. But it's a place to reach the world. And the second thing is it's a branch from David's root. You see, Nazareth also tells us about who Jesus is and what he is like. And so we read in those verses, he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so what, that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, and he would be called a Nazarene. Now this, if you read the Old Testament, you will not find an explicit prophecy about the Messiah uh, coming from Nazareth. So what is Matthew saying here? Well, there's two things he's saying here. The first thing is this. What you do see in the Old Testament is that the Messiah would be um, despised and rejected. He wouldn't come in splendor and majesty and everyone would bow their knee to him. We see in places like Isaiah and in Psalms, Psalm 22, where the Messiah in verse 6 said, I am but a worm, not a man, scorned by mankind, despised by the people. And so throughout the Old Testament, like we saw a few weeks ago, these, these prophecies about the coming Messiah, all these promises, specific things, one of the themes is that the Messiah will come and be rejected and despised and to many will seem unimpressive. And Nazareth was regarded as a place that was seen as unimpressive. And so one of the fulfillments is that he came from Nazareth, but also When you read Isaiah 11, verse 1, this wonderful chapter that's read very often at Christmas about the coming Messiah. We read in verse 1, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Hebrew word for branch is nezer, which sounds very similar to Nazareth in Hebrew. And so there's a a sense that the the Messiah, this root from Jesse, will come, as it were, from nezer, this branch will emerge from Nazareth. And that is what Matthew, in my understanding, is meaning in this place. And I want to apply this, and we're going to pray this this morning. Two things about the fact that he grew up in Nazareth. The first is this. This tells us about the glory and the majesty of our Jesus. He, he could have been born anywhere, and he chose to be born in a stinky stable. He could have come in glory and majesty, the eternal Son, the glory of God who flung stars into space, know each one by name, humbled himself and became fully human. Just allow the love and the humility of King Jesus to provoke you this morning. 
the love and the grace of our Jesus. And he came and he lived a perfect life. And as as we're going to think this afternoon, please pray. We've got a door there. I'm going to preach on Jesus being the door. That he came so that he'd be a way that we'd know safety and salvation and security. And he came and he grew up in humility. And he suffered. And he walked through the ups and the downs of life. Suffering injustice, suffering betrayal, suffering pain. He experienced everything. And he did it for me and for you. He is the king and he came as a servant. That blows my mind. But this is our Jesus. And the second thing it speaks of, it means this. The very place where everyone disregarded as pointless and insignificant was the very place that the Messiah grew up. In 1980, Radio 1 had a survey what was the most boring town in Britain. Do you know what won? Grantham. And we come against that in Jesus' name. This is a magnificent town. And just as someone said, can anything good come from Nazareth? People have said to me, can anything good happen in Grantham? You bet you. Great things are happening already. The last 12 years have been magnificent. But this is just the beginning. And when we're a location of 500 plus, multiple services, full of people who have fallen in love with Jesus for the first time and running with him, where you see lives changed by him, and there's parties in this place of grace every week, just as there is already, people being saved, lives being changed, hallelujah. That's what celebrates in heaven. And that's what I'm celebrating here. And I want to challenge and encourage and say to you, how big is your dream for what God can do in Grantham? Thousands of people saved. God gave me a picture a few years ago. So I'm waffling a bit now, but I just want to share this and then we'll pray. Gave me a picture about 10 years ago when we were starting, when there was, or 13 years when we were starting, of, of skyscraper churches. And I felt the Lord say, I'm going to tithe this town. Four and a half thousand people. Four and a half thousand people. And that's just the beginning. And I saw seven or eight skyscraper churches that, that were unavoidable, unexplainable. People in the town who don't yet know Jesus couldn't just say, oh, that's the religious God squad that just meet on a little happy moment each week. But they'll be full of the life of the Holy Spirit, full of the fragrance of grace, full of Jesus. And that's what I'm praying with all my heart for, that God would do that in this town. He's done it before. He can do it again. He's done it before. He can do it again. And I want to challenge you. What do you expect God to do? As we step into 2020, come God, come Holy Spirit. Kids, God is for you. Don't ever let any adult bore you into giving up on Jesus. Don't let the cynicism, don't let the negativity, don't let the playing it safe rob you of risk-taking for the king. You run with Jesus. You expect him to meet with you and to use you. We're so thrilled this year. No, Lucy and Will aren't here. But what God's done in the youth, and Paul is not here, he's in Cambridge. Loads of people aren't here. But what God's done with the young people in this church. Wasn't last week amazing? So proud of the young people. Be history makers for Jesus. Just speak just prophetically over the under-18s in this church. God wants to use you. Don't allow anyone make you feel unusable for Jesus. Because it's all by his spirit. And now I want to pray. Is that okay? I've just 
shared what I wanted to share. But there are people in this room, just because it's an it's just part of walking in a fallen world, who in reality your walk with Jesus is it's just miles away from where it should be. There's areas in your life that you know aren't honouring him. There's things that you've said and done that, that didn't honour him or things you should have said and done that you didn't say. And friends, we're all part of that club in a sense. We're all human. We're all imperfect. But we're more than conquerors through Christ. And he that is in you is greater than he that's in the world. And his grace is sufficient for everything we need in order to run with Jesus. So should we stand together? I want to pray. And... Um, Just one of the stories that I heard just a week or two ago, Philip and Suzanne went to share the gospel with a dear lady who's 90, is she around that age, who comes to lunch club? Is that the connection? And at 90 years old, around that age, this dear couple shared the gospel and she gave her life to Jesus. And that's what we're here for. It's for individuals to fall in love with the king and to be saved and to know the security of grace and so Lord we're here this morning and we say we're available for you and I pray for every person in this room I want to come against any words spoken over people in this room like can anything good come out of Nazareth any words that have been spoken over you that can anything good come out of your life And I speak the grace of Jesus over you. I break any chains holding you back in the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak freedom and joy in the Holy Spirit over you. And I say be filled with the Holy Spirit. Run with Jesus. Adore Jesus. And I just, again I just speak over us all. There's a line in the sand this morning. It's a new season for us to step into. There's fresh grace, fresh mercy, fresh joy. We don't live off yesterday's grace. There's fresh stuff here today. Because every day, every moment has the possibility of a fresh start with Jesus. And so this morning, maybe you're in that place. You want to take advantage of that and say, God, I'm in.